when your operating expenses are too high and it's not an anomaly, like it's just happening from week to week, you're a thousand over, two thousand over, three thousand over. Well, by the end of the month, you're five thousand dollars over. That is predicting a problem that you're going to have. And you know what problem you're going to have? You're going to have a problem paying yourself. You're going to have a problem being profitable. And so if you can keep your operating budget in line with your target allocation percentage from profit first, you are setting yourself up for success to have more profit and more owners pay. Profit designers, we've hit the 100,000 download milestone here on the podcast, and we couldn't have done this without you. Thank you for listening from week to week. Thank you for sharing the episodes with your friends. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for leaving reviews. At Tap the Potential, it's important to us that we are changing the lives of entrepreneurs across the globe. And we know that every one of those 100,000 downloads signifies a touch, a connection that we have made with an entrepreneur to support you in taking your life back from your business. And we want to say thank you. We believe in being a gift from our gifts at Tap the Potential. And we know that one of your biggest struggles is your time particularly finding time for what matters most. And with that in mind, we have created the Tap the Potential Strategic Planner for 2023. Download the planner so that you can focus your time on your $10,000 an hour activities, create your ideal schedule, live by your ideal schedule, have the powerful questions that get you back on track when you find yourself falling away, and take the key actions that move your business towards profitability, towards being able to work a 25-hour work week, or take that four-week vacation. The Tap the Potential Strategic Planner was designed for our Better Business, Better Life clients, and we use it in our work with them, and now we wanna share it with you. Head on over to tapthepotential.com forward slash planner and download your planner now. Today, what I want to bring you is a simple way to really feel like you are in control. You are in the driver's seat of your business. And that comes about through utilizing your key performance indicators in your business. So today we're going to talk about how to advance with KPIs. What I'm bringing you today is something that I went in depth on in the book, The Four Week Vacation, because I feel like it is critical for you to, in order to have a business that allows you the time away where you can step away and have confidence in a leadership team who runs the business, you absolutely have to have key performance indicators. But I also want you to know there's baby steps that you can take to get there. And so in last week's Profit by Design episode, I shared with you a simple way to get started with key performance indicators. And so if you have, if you've listened to that and you've gotten started with your key performance indicators, soon you'll be ready to advance with key performance indicators. So today's episode is all about advancing with key performance indicators and how to really use them as a tool to predict what's coming in your business and make decisions now that set you up for success a week from now, 30 days from now, six months from now. And these key performance indicators 
are also going to alert you to problems coming down the road. They are predictive key performance indicators. So I want to teach you which ones to use and how to use them to predict problems. Because if you can catch something now that's going to be a problem 30 days from now and you can take corrective action, you will prevent problems. So the time that you spend building out your key performance indicator dashboard and looking at it each week, adding the data into it, this is $10,000 an hour activity for you because you save yourself so much headache and heartache when you're actively utilizing your key performance indicators. And what I'm going to teach you today is how to get that data yourself first, because that's usually how it starts. You, the entrepreneur, have to go track down this data. And then you will have leadership team members that you will delegate the KPIs to. And so when you're delegating the key performance indicators to them, it means they are responsible from week to week for entering the information into the dashboard. And we like to have all of our data in our dashboard ahead of our level 10 meeting. And level 10 is an EOS term, Entrepreneur's Operating System, from the book Traction by Gina Wickman. We have a level 10 team that meets every week and our order of business is that we look at our KPIs and we tackle issues. And the first issues we tackle in this level 10 meeting are any KPIs that are off track, which is our way of catching problems before they become big problems and really trying to stay on top of things. This is really nice for me, the business owner, because I can trust my leadership team to run the level 10 meetings without me. I can trust them to know what the KPIs are supposed to be because we've created goals around each KPI. And so we know from week to week if they're on track or off track. And our leadership team knows that if a KPI is off track, that's the first order of business that has to be addressed is to figure out as a team how we work together to get it back on track. Even if one person on the leadership team is responsible for reporting that KPI, it does not mean it is their sole responsibility for fixing it if it's off track. It means that we as a leadership team come together and look at all aspects of the business and how can we utilize all of our resources to correct where we are off track. And if we are on track and significantly over our goal, we also explore that because something we're doing is working and we want to catch it. We want to know what is it that we are doing that's working. So I'll share an example with that. That's really fun because it pertains to the Profit by Design podcast. Around July, we started noticing our episode downloads were spiking and they weren't spiking a little bit. It wasn't like a 20 to 30 percent increase. They were almost double, almost double what they had been. And we caught it because we track this as a sub KPI under our marketing. And Melissa, she's our connect lead and she oversees this. She brought this to our team's attention and she said, something's going on. And as it turns out, we kept tracking it from week to week. And when I shifted on the Profit by Design podcast to doing solo episodes where I teach more, we started seeing the downloads go up. And it doesn't mean we don't do interviews at all. We still do some select interviews on the Profit by Design podcast, but we're hearing you through our KPIs. We're hearing you loud and clear 
earlier that me digging in and teaching and doing a lot of the how-to on the podcast is really relevant for you and it's helping you. And because of that, you're downloading the podcast and we've been able to surpass the 100,000 download mark because of that. So that is the power of these KPIs. If we hadn't been tracking that sub KPI and looking at the podcast downloads from week to week, we wouldn't have noticed that all of a sudden they doubled when we did something a little different. And that little something different is actually a significant impact because we have seen more people in recent months joining our Better Business, Better Life program. We've seen a spike in that. And so what I want you to get from that is when you're tracking your KPIs, you are able to predict things coming down the road. And that was a very positive prediction. We knew that was going to lead to more people showing up who wanted our services. And that also meant we needed to be looking at capacity and we needed to be planning. And so our whole team, as we did our annual strategic planning this year, was looking at capacity and how we can add more groups. And when does that mean we're going to have to hire a strategist? And when does that mean we're going to start recruiting for a strategist? So all of those questions start Started to flow because we're tracking our key performance indicators and we're able to see when something spikes and what we need to plan for because of the spike. But at the same time, there will be times when your key performance indicators are dropping and they're going down and you need to take corrective action. And so when you're tracking these from week to week and you catch when one of them goes down or is below where it should be, you have an immediate opportunity to start figuring out what's going on and how can we take corrective action so that we can prevent a problem down the road. And the biggest problems that we deal with at Tap the Potential with our clients, and, and I think it affects most entrepreneurs, are cash flow problems. And it's really hard when you're in a situation where you are your operating expenses are consistently above where they should be. So you're having to do all kinds of things like stop paying yourself, taking out loans, using your credit card, line of credit, and that accumulates over time. And so a lot of people come to us at Tap the Potential having accumulated a significant amount of debt, and we help them pay that debt down. But one of the ways that we get started with getting things back on track and correcting cash flow problems is looking at profit first, doing a profit assessment on the business, identifying if expenses are over where they should be based on the revenue in the business so we can put a parameter in place that becomes a key performance indicator that you can track from week to week. And we can try to bring the expenses down while we also increase revenue because that's really the best way to get to profitability is to work on both fronts, getting the expenses down and increasing the margin to get to profitability. And if we're tracking from week to week, we can see progress and we can see where we're making effort and there is no progress because then we need to do something different. And so you keep hearing me say from week to week, that is so important. If you're only looking at your key performance indicators once a month, once every three months, or if you do it sporadically, you don't have consistent data and it becomes harder to use it as a tool for making decisions and especially for making informed decisions. So at the end of the episode, I will circle back and give you some parameters of how much time you should be blocking from week to week to look at your KPIs. But first, I think we need to dig in and we really need to look at if you're going to flesh out your key performance indicator dashboard, your spreadsheet. And by the way, a dashboard is a spreadsheet. I didn't know this for the longest time as a business owner. People would talk about dashboards and I, I thought I had to get some fancy program that would create a dashboard for me. 
a dashboard is a spreadsheet. So you're going to create your key performance indicator spreadsheet. And I want to share with you what you should put on there. So one of the first things that you start with is your revenue goal. What is your annual revenue goal for the year? And you want to track it from week to week. So let's say your revenue goal is that you want to hit a million in sales in the next 12 months. Well, if you break down a million dollars and you divide it by 52 weeks, you need to be booking around $19,230 a week. I think I had an extra zero in there. So that was what was throwing me. So $19,230 a week. And then you also want to be looking at your percent of goal achieved. So let's say that this week you book $18,000 worth of sales. So it's slightly off track, but you're catching it right away because you're just, maybe it's just like you're, you know, $1,200 or $1,100 below what your weekly goal is and you catch it and then you think, okay, I need to do, I need to take corrective action. I need to look at what I can do next week so that we can bring in more sales next week and going forward. So you're catching that from week to week, which is very different than saying, you know what, we want to hit a million in sales. Here we are halfway in the year and we've only done 300,000. By that point, you are halfway into the year, you are far off track, and you've lost a lot of momentum. So checking this week to week really helps you course correct very quickly and catch when things are getting off track and looking at, okay, what can we do differently now? The other thing that you want to track is your revenue booked. So it's not just sales booked. You want to look at what was collected this week. And is that in line with your weekly target? Because if it's not in line with your weekly target, you're going to have cash flow problems. So you want to catch that very quickly. That would mean you go and look at your accounts receivable. How, you know, do you have aging accounts receivable? Do you have people that you need to be calling and saying, hey, when are you going to pay your bill? Those opportunities will be right there under your nose from week to week so that you can catch that. And when you're operating expenses, which is the next thing that you need to be tracking, when those are over budget, you want to know that from week to week. You don't want to find that out a month from now or two months from now, because again, that's where it's harder to course correct it because a lot of time has passed. So when it comes to setting a budget for your operating expenses, a lot of business owners kind of go, well, I don't know what my budget should be. How do I figure out a budget? Well, Profit First gives us a very simple way to figure out our budget for operating expenses. In Profit First, there are target allocation percentages for different business revenue sizes. And these target allocation percentages come from financially healthy businesses across industries. So this is a really good guideline no matter what industry you're in for what your operating budget should be based on your real revenue in your business. So if your revenue is $650,000, your target allocation percentage for operating expenses is going to be 50% of the $650,000 real revenue. So that's going to be $325,000 for the year. So if you divide that by 52 weeks, that tells you that your operating expense budget for a business that's doing $650,000 in revenue, you can do, you need to be spending no more than $6,250 a week in that business. And if you're tracking from week to week, how much was spent and if it's over, like say you, sent, you spent 7000 this week, if it's over budget, 
you need to figure out what's going on. Are there expenses that you need to cut? Is your payroll too high? Are you monitoring payroll hours and the hours that your team is working? Have expectations been set for how many hours your team should be working? And if they're going over, is it because they're not utilizing their time effectively? Perhaps, as is common on our team at Tap the Potential, we have over-delegated. <laughs> They've said yes to doing too many things and then they're struggling. And so us creating a clear expectation for here's how many hours we want you to work a week not because we're a part-time team but it's also very easy for part-time team members to say oh, you know it's no big deal to work 30 hours or 32 this out hours this week well for us that adds up if three team members make that decision over a three-week period that adds up pretty quickly so a simple thing to do is to just get in there and start by tracking your operating expenses. If you notice you're over budget, look at, well, where are we getting out of line in the budget? And payroll is typically the biggest expense. So I always say, start looking at your payroll and see what's going on there and see if there's any adjustments that can be made, any expectations that need to be reset. If you need to support your team members in prioritizing their time and saying, yes, I will do this now. And no, I won't do this now. I will do that later so that they can stay within their expectations. That's a great way to start. But if you're like us, we also have variable expenses. We put on the breakthroughs retreat at Tap the Potential. And so that's coming up in a couple of weeks. And our expenses spike <laughs> when we're doing the breakthroughs retreat. And we anticipate that though, because we collect payments on the retreat throughout the year. We keep them in our retreat account. And so we start reimbursing our operating expense budget for our retreat expenses from that retreat account. And we also set aside and we say, okay, these are retreat expenses. This is why we had that spike in operating expenses. And then we look at our just our regular operating expenses and are they in line or out of line? But all of this, these are important things that we're tracking and we're watching. And you have these things that happen in your business too. We have periods where we invest more in a particular service. Like when we're creating courses, we need videos to be edited. And so we spend more on marketing and or content development and video editing. And we also know that's a one-time expense and that's going to drop back down. And so we can make adjustments based on that. But having that data from week to week on our KPIs helps us to make those decisions and handle things in an informed way. So I also want you to think about this from the perspective of when your operating expenses are too high and it's not an anomaly, like it's just happening from week to week, you're a thousand over, two thousand over, three thousand over. Well, by the end of the month, you're five thousand dollars over. That is predicting a problem that you're going to have. And you know what problem you're going to have? You're going to have a problem paying yourself. You're going to have a problem being profitable. And so if you can keep your operating budget in line with your target allocation percentage from profit first, you are setting yourself up for success to have more profit and more owners pay. And so if you're tracking this from week to week and you're over budget, you're catching red flags that indicate there's trouble ahead. And you can start thinking about, okay, I know there's two ways to be profitable. I can increase sales or I can decrease expenses 
or I can do a combination of both. And that's really the best thing is looking at which expenses are not relevant to the sweet spot and can be cut. And if it's about increasing sales, getting out there and selling more may be the answer, but it also may be that you're not charging enough and you don't have enough margin and you haven't identified the sweet spot and utilized the sweet spot to drive value so that you can charge appropriately. So it's not just let's dig in and figure out if we need to go out there and sell more because you could very well be selling more of something that's not profitable for you that costs you a lot to deliver that's outside the sweet spot. So you have, it really is important to be looking at all these different aspects in your business. And this is what we do with our clients in the Better Business, Better Life program is we are supporting them and figuring out, okay, if your operating expenses are too high and you need to get to profit, let's look at all the angles. Let's look at cutting expenses that are not related to the sweet spot and improving the business. And let's look at increasing sales, making sure you're pricing appropriately. And are you selling more of what's profitable for you? Or are you selling too many things that actually cost you more to deliver? And looking at how you track sales. I'm having so much fun getting in the weeds with a few of our clients right now looking at their sales. And we're really digging in and we're looking at, are you having enough conversations? Are you making enough connections with people so that you have sales 30 days from now? And typically, no, that's not happening. And so we're looking at how do you increase that and creating systems around that. So your KPIs really point you to systems that are weak, things that you're not tracking, actions you're not taking. And, and that's the beauty of utilizing these KPIs. So when it comes to sales, you want to be tracking your sales, obviously, from week to week. And you're prospecting what you're doing today predicts your sales 30 days from now. So if the revenue booked for the week is low, you know you're going to have a cash flow problem 30 days from now. And you're going to have trouble putting money in your owner's pay and profit account because of that. So these are the high level KPIs, your, your revenue booked, revenue collected, income collected, however you want to refer to it, and your expenses for the week. Those are the high level things that you want to track. And then you want to get into the key areas of your business and have KPIs in these key areas. And a lot of times people say, well, what, you know, what are the key areas and what should I be tracking? Well, Mike McCallowitz and Clockwork made this super easy for us. And he said, you know, you can divide the business into four key categories, attract. So A for attract, C for convert, D for deliver and C for collect. So the ACDC model, attract, convert, deliver, collect. And you want to have at least one predictive KPI for each of these four functions of the business. Plus there's an extra one, and that is your team happiness score. You need to be tracking that. And I'll share with you in a minute how you can track that. And ideally you want to have one person on the team who's accountable for each KPI. And again, it doesn't mean that other team members don't support that KPI. It just means that one person is accountable for reporting it weekly and driving improvements around that KPI. So A, attract. Attract refers to marketing. So what is being done to attract new business? And how will you measure 
the effectiveness of the marketing dollars that are being spent. So think about your sweet spot of your business. What marketing activities occur to attract the top clients who benefit the most from your unique offering? These activities need to be tracked. So for example, if you're using Google ads to attract new clients, you need to be asking how effective are these Google ads in generating new clients for your company? And you'll want to track that as a key performance indicator. C, convert refers to the sales function of the business. So how effective is your sales team in converting leads into sales? And we always talk about qualified leads. I don't encourage you to track how effective your sales team is in converting leads who aren't qualified. So a lot of times this means we're getting into discussions with our clients about how do you teach your sales team to qualify leads? Well, at Tap the Potential, we have six pillars of qualification. Our sales team knows that if someone has these six pillars, they are qualified and they're getting into consultations with them. And we're tracking how effective they are in converting during those consultations. So you want to do the same thing on your team. You want to figure out what makes a qualified lead for you around the sweet spot of the business. You may have four pillars or six pillars of qualification. I don't encourage you to have much more than six because it's hard to remember. The more you add, the harder it is for them to remember. And five to six is good for memory. If you have 10, your sales team is going to struggle to remember all the pillars of qualification. So you want to look at how effective is your sales team in bringing in qualified leads. And once they are a qualified lead in converting those, the next key performance indicator to track is a very important one. And it's your delivery key performance indicator. So you want to track how well your team is delivering around your sweet spot. The best and easiest tool for this purpose is the net promoter score. The net promoter score is very simple to calculate. It's very simple to gather the data. You're simply asking your clients, how likely are you to recommend our company, our brand, or our product to a friend, a colleague, or a relative? And then your clients assign a rating between zero, meaning not at all likely, and 10, meaning extremely likely. So promoters are those who respond with a nine or 10. They're actively promoting your company. They're telling others about you. They're referring new business to you. And they're likely to purchase again from you when there is a need. So nines and tens indicate you're doing a good job of fulfilling on your promises and expectations that are being created in your marketing and sales process. Your clients are happy and, and they predict nines and tens on the net promoter score predict future sales for you. If you are getting a lot of sevens and eights, which are passives, they're not promoting you. They're not happy, but they're not discontent. They're just kind of like, meh, it's ish. My young daughter, my eight-year-old tells me everything is ish. So your business is ish if you get sevens and eights. And you need to figure out why. And you need to figure out what are people coming in and expecting that you're not delivering on. And there's a real easy way to figure that out. And it's the follow-up question to the net promoter score. The follow-up question is, what's the main reason for the score you gave us above? These are your clients and customers talking to you in the moment, giving you in the moment feedback about how they're experiencing your product or service and your business. So if you're getting sixes and belows on the net promoter scores, those are detractors. 
They are actively out there in the world talking poorly about you. We have had significant problems with our internet at my home in order for me to be able to work from home for the last couple of years. And I'm not going to do it here on the podcast, but I have talked out there in the world about our internet provider and they're not cool. And we are detractors for them because they've not done a good job in delivering on what they said they would do. So if your business has those detractors, they're out there talking to people about, we don't like your business. They don't do a good job. They're not saying, you know, they have these fancy commercials on TV, but they don't deliver on what they promised in that contract to us. You don't want that going on in the world. And if you're getting those ratings, you want to know why you want to have that feedback so you can take that corrective action. Now, I will tell you something really cool about the Net Promoter Score. In our With our clients that tap the potential in their businesses, we often see fairly high net promoter scores after you've tuned into the sweet spot of your business. And that is because you're really tuned into who your top clients are and you've identified what they want most from you and you're focusing on delivering that and you're focusing on innovating around that and doing it better and better. So you can rest at ease. Like if you're a better business, better life client, and you're tuning into your sweet spot, you're going to have fairly high net promoter scores. It's when you are outside your sweet spot and you're trying to accommodate too many needs and your team is over capacity and you're over capacity. That's where we see those net promoter scores start to drop. So the way that you calculate your overall net promoter score is you subtract the percentage of detractors from the percentage of promoters. So it's percent promoters minus percent detractors. And this is an absolute number that lies between negative 100, where every customer is a detractor, and positive 100, where every customer is a promoter. So it's not a percentage at this point because you're subtracting the percentages. The average American company, so large companies, large corporations have net promoter scores of less than plus 10, okay? While the highest performing organizations have net promoter scores between plus 50 and plus 80. We at Tap the Potential are consistently plus 50, plus 80. We're in that range. And that makes me so, so happy because it says we are hitting what we say we're gonna do. We're delivering on our promises and our clients are happy about that. When the net promoter score drops though, boy, our team is on it. And we are looking at what is going on? What do we need to do? How do we course correct this and get in there and we take deliberate action on that. And that's why we value our client feedback so much. And I love that we've created a community where our clients are very comfortable telling us, you're doing great with this, but over here, this sucks. You need to improve it. Or we don't like this. We need help understanding this. I love that. Melissa on our team, our lead strategist loves that because then we can figure out, okay, we need to work on this. Let's put our heads together. Let's figure this out and make it better. And we can quickly do that. And I think that's one of the greatest joys of being an entrepreneur is solving problems and making things work. And when we get to do it for our top clients, it's like, okay, we're in our sweet spot. We're doing the thing that really matters here. This is our $10,000 an hour time because we know it's creating an impact. So 
you're likely as a small business to have higher net promoter scores, but you need to know and you need to track this regularly. You may not track this on your dashboard from week to week at Taps of Potential. It doesn't make sense for us to track it from week to week. Our clients would get very tired of us asking them every single week to give us a net promoter rating, but we track it once per quarter. We go into our groups and we track it and we also track it annually across all of our services. And that, and we track it when we complete a course and we look at every time we deliver a course, if one time we delivered it, it's a plus 80 and then all of a sudden it drops to plus 50. I had that actually happen to me one year during leadership boot camp where we had scores that were plus 80 or close to plus 80. And then we had so many people referring people to leadership boot camp. We had an explosion of participants in leadership boot camp and we were trying to accommodate 30 people and it just didn't work. And so people lost that feeling of personalized attention. They didn't participate as actively because they didn't participate as actively. They didn't get the same results. And so we took that and we said, we have to change this. We have to have smaller cohorts. So now when we run leadership boot camp, we have a cap on how many people we will allow per cohort. And if we get more people signing up than we have cohorts, we have to ask ourselves, honestly, do we have capacity to add another cohort or do we need to just cap it and say, you know, you're going to have to sign up for the next one. We're sorry. Registration is full. And we do that because we want to maintain the quality of our service and the net promoter score is what helps us make that decision. So your net promoter score has that follow-up question that's built into it. What is the main reason for the score that you gave above? So when you are collecting this, in some businesses, it makes sense. Every time you finish a project with a customer, you're having a team member call and do the net promoter survey with them. And they're gathering this feedback. And you can look at, okay, did we get nines and tens this week? Or did we get sixes? And that follow-up question of what's the main reason for the score that you gave, you're getting in the moment feedback of what's going on and you can take corrective action and look at how can we make this better for this particular client or customer and for future clients or customers. So when you fix it in the moment for that customer, that's about a thousand dollar an hour value activity. But when you take that feedback and you look at how do we make this better as a system for all of our clients and customers, now you're working in the realm of the $10,000 an hour activities. So always ask yourself, what can I learn from this? And what might I, as the leader of the business, be tolerating that is undermining the experience our clients are having with us? So there's also a parallel version of the net promoter score that you can use with your team members to assess team happiness. And this is the employee net promoter score. And the questions that you ask with the employee net promoter score are, how likely is it that you would recommend our company as a place to work to your family or friends? And the follow-up question to that is, what's the main reason for the response to the question above. So your ENPS score gives you important insight into how happy your team members are working for you. And most importantly, it's telling you what's the word on the street about your business. This is important to know when you want to attract A players to your team. So an employer of choice is going to have a high employee net promoter score. In contrast, a low employee net promoter score points to an opportunity to improve because that means you have dissatisfied and disengaged team members and they could be undermining your ability to attract A players. And in fact, keeping those disengaged team members around just because they get some work done is really the equivalent of spraying that A player repellent, just spraying it all over your business. So if you start getting low employee net promoter scores, it's a sign 
pay attention because you're going to have problems recruiting down the road and things are going to go downhill because if your employees are dissatisfied and disengaged, guess who's going to be dissatisfied and disengaged next? Your top clients and customers. So you want to catch this very early on and, and do something about it. So I also want to share with you, though, that your employee net promoter scores typically will be lower than your client and customer net promoter scores. And I think the best way to explain why this is, is to think about our employees as our children in the family, like our adult children in the family. And you know, your adult children are honest. They tell you like it is. They tell you what's good. They tell you what's bad. They don't paint, you know, they don't paint a fluffy picture of things or an overly optimistic picture. They're pretty realistic. And they see more about what's going on in all aspects of the business. Whereas your top clients and customers are seeing what you're doing for them. And they're only paying attention usually to about 20% of what you're delivering. Whereas your team members, they're paying attention to all the things. So those scores are going to be a little bit lower, but you still want them to be positive and you want them to be in the you know plus 30, plus 40 range. I wouldn't freak out if you have an employee net promoter score of 25. I would use those as information like, okay, we need to figure out how are we going to do things better for our team around here. And when they're telling you the main reason for those lower ratings, that gives you an opportunity to look at, well, what do we need to do differently to take care of our team members so that they are happy and engaged. It may be that you have to take a broad initiative and do things across the team, or it may be that you need to work with that individual team member and figure out why their score is so low, what's going on for them, and how can you, if they need to be shifted to another role, if they are just not a good fit with the business, you have to make those decisions, and that comes through those conversations with the team member. So the final key performance indicator in the ACDC model is collect. And this refers to collecting payments for services delivered. How effective and efficient are you in collecting payment? So you might measure this by your average days of accounts receivable or the amount that you're collecting per week. And if your amount collected per week is dropping off, that would be a sign. You need to get into your receivables and see what's going on there. So these are all of your KPIs, your high level KPIs, you're tracking your revenue, you're tracking your expenses, you're tracking how you're attracting clients, your marketing, how you're converting your clients and customers, how you're doing on delivery, and how you're doing on collecting payment. And you're also tracking how happy and engaged your employees are. So how much time should you be setting aside each week to review your KPIs? I've been doing this for a long time and it's second nature to me. So it really only takes me about five or 10 minutes each week. And I think you can get to that pretty quickly if you spend about six weeks giving yourself permission to take longer because you're going to need to get familiar with your key performance indicators. So I'll share a pro tip with you too. At Tap the Potential, we color code our key performance indicators. So green is on track, red is off track. And whenever I open up the KPIs, I'm a human being and my eye goes to the red and I always go to, oh no, what's wrong? But I really encourage you to look at the green and look at what's working and pay attention to that because a lot of times the solution for the things that are not working can be found in looking at what is working. So your green KPIs are just as informative as your red KPIs. And if you're new to looking at your KPIs and gathering your KPIs, I think you really need to be planning to set aside an hour a week because you're going to be gathering, tracking down your key performance indicators and 
you're going to be analyzing what they mean in, in the story that they're telling you. If you've delegated your key performance indicator collection, you're probably going to need about 20 minutes a week for five to six weeks as you're getting familiar with your KPI dashboard. But after that, I think it's reasonable to be able to look at your KPIs in about five or 10 minutes a week. And ultimately, we're doing all of this because your KPIs puts you back in the driver's seat in your business. It puts you back in control. It allows you to take your life back. This is valuable time. So if you would like our support in the Better Business, Better Life program to help you get back in the driver's seat in your business and take your life back through understanding what's going on in your business and making adjustments from week to week so that you can take your life back, you can be profitable, book a consultation with us. We'll assess your business using the Better Business, Better Life assessment, and we'll make recommendations for you on how to best move forward. We have six consultations available next week. So head on over to tapthepotential.com and book your consultation with us now and let us help you take your life back from your business. Thank you for spending time with me today. Join me in our Tap the Potential Mighty Networks community at tapthepotential.com forward slash group. Share your aha moments from today's episode, ask me questions, and join in on the fun with your fellow entrepreneurs on the journey to designing sustainably profitable businesses that give you more time for what matters most and more money in your bank account than ever. Isn't it time you take your life back? And finally, share today's episode with a friend if you know a friend who would enjoy it. This is real life business. Keep your chin up. Keep moving forward. You got this.